Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We're all sitting, I feel like we're at a campfire. I'm not going to lie. We're all just kind of <laughs> fucking sitting around, <laughs> sitting around the mixer, hands up close, getting warm. Everyone's looking at it. <laughs> it's true. It's like we should be stoned, just staring at like the lights <laughs> on it. This is exactly what you do at the campfire. Just stare at the light. In case you guys don't know, that's all we've been doing lately. This shirt actually still smells like a campfire because we just got back in this. City. <laughs> that's so nice though that must have been so nice oh it my is. gosh i'm jealous it is and we even have a, like the dude across the street from us got one leg he's a nice guy this is perfect it's perfect it's everything i that bought I him about. some chicken it's in our fridge yeah it's a weird it's a weird relationship <laughs> we have with our neighbors up north now but i totally dig it hey everyone it's amanda and we are sitting around a campfire kind of sitting around a mixer but there's lights there's lots of lights mark's getting stoned it's perfect it's just like being up north except we have um, we have some guests here that two of them have been on. I just actually just learned that it's actually thrice that they've been on. And you guys know how much I love saying thrice. So I'm so glad that you reminded me that this is not your second time. It's your third time. And this time they brought a new friend along. So for anyone who uh, remembers, we've got Rico and Mel back, uh, not on the couch. We're in our swirly chairs today, sitting around the mixer. And they brought Anastasia with them. And now they are about a year into being RMTs. So we had you guys on first when you were students. Yep. And then was it just after your OSCE or when you were still prepping for the OSCE? We had just found out that we passed the OSCE. Oh, MCQ, yes. Like yes. literally a week right after. So it was a celebration. Maybe that's why I don't remember. Was I drinking? Probably. Yeah. It was late, though. I do remember you were very tired. Oh, what, what that else usually, is new? That usually means there's booze involved. <laughs> I think we all have. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't recall. And Anastasia is new in our office today. So the three of them are here to do an unprofessional hour. Now that they've been practicing, they might have some fun stories for us. I know at least two out of three in this room work together. I don't know if it's all three. <laughs> no, just just uh, them two. That would just be dangerous. <laughs> do you guys not live close enough to work? Yeah. yeah. Is, that, is that the only reason? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering. While you were setting up, Mark, I heard some stories yeah. about like the security camera catching them humping the fridge. So I'm sure yeah. they've got things to tell us. <laughs> Who humps? Okay, yeah, I want to know. I want to know who's the fridge. Who's the fridge humper? Shenanigans going on. It's a weird thing to admit, but so why don't we? Why don't we start with introductions? I mean, Rico and Mel, you guys have been here before, so I'm going to put Anastasia on the spot since it's her first time here, and let everybody know a little about you, how long you've been practicing, and what type of practice you have. All right, so I'm Anastasia. Nice to meet everyone. I'm not quite a year in. I did graduate with Mel and Rico Suave, but. Uh, I started a little later because I was originally going to go to Japan, then COVID hit. So What was happening in Japan? Just just for the hell of it? Yeah, just for the hell of it. I went in 2017, loved it, wanted to go back, do some more things. Um, it's always been a fascination. What did you love about it? Every, everything. Society, the culture, the food. Um, definitely the landscape's really awesome. And the yeah. fact that even though when you're in like Tokyo, it's... A concrete jungle, right? You right. don't see a lot of trees, but they have these random pockets of just beautiful gardens and hiking spots in the middle of the city that you can just go in. So basically like New York, yep. but just with multiple everywhere. Mm. Sounds awesome. I can't, I can't, I can't do travel. <laughs> I have such a, I have such a fucking mind block thing going on. It's horrible. Like if you say Greece to me, I think fucking Zeus and sandals. <laughs> and, and that's what I think of the whole fucking place. Do you see what I'm saying? 
yeah. when I hear Japan, all I think of fucking samurai, and I think of everyone r- running around is is samurai on fucking horse. I know it's stupid. I feel like you fit I, in. I know it's not <laughs> real, but I don't fucking get it. I I can't. I geography like that just fucks me up. It really does. That's why I can't travel. It messes me up. And I have. I always have this thing too when I'm watching anything like on TV or a documentary or something and it's like generations ago like even even a century ago and I don't know why I can't wrap my head around like um, just the concept of us having massive amounts of technology makes us incredibly intelligent compared to previous generations I don't understand why I have that block in my head <laughs> that I think everyone that's of a previous generation that doesn't have the same technology is just stupid but that's obviously not the case but anyway this is. I'm just. I'm having. A, I'm having a whole. It's like it's like I'm on the fucking couch out here. Tell us how you really feel. So Japan. Okay, I get it though. Yeah. Uh, so I then took the summer off because COVID. No one was practicing till June, anyways. Right. Um. Then I ended up hurting myself. Uh. Couldn't walk for like two weeks just because back pain. Okay. You know I gotta relate to my clients. Yeah. Um. And then started in October, so I've been working eight months in like two weeks now. Very so nice. you guys work together? Oh, yeah. yeah. So did you score her this job? Because you were working there first, I assume. Yeah. yeah. So I was originally working at this particular clinic Um. and there actually was a massage therapist who went on maternity leave. So the clinic owner was looking for some people to fill up some gaps and because she hadn't um, really gotten all the registration stuff done, I was like, hey, here's a place you can keep in mind, you know, if you haven't found anything decent, here's like a starting point, at least. You like you may not like it. There may be other offers down the road, but hey, at least you're like in a community, there's like someone familiar. Um, and the, the staff are very nice and very welcoming and stuff like that. So at least like it will be a good start. And if anything else happens, like, hey, like go ahead and take it. But at least it was like a foot in the door. So I was <laughs> like, hey. Want to work with me and just cause all the shenanigans? Mm-hmm. It's going to be hell. <laughs> well, it's been fun. It's, it has been fun. I mean, she's still there after eight months, so something has to be good about it. The boss hasn't fired me yet. Or, she hasn't checked the security cameras. <laughs> or me, or like two other classmates that now work with us. Basically, it's okay, student okay. clinic. Oh, geez. Okay. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's continue with the intros, and then I want to go back, because I, I really want to hear how this works, because that was always one of my dreams when I was in school. That's why when we had um, uh, R&T Move... Move. Grand Champ. That's what they're called? That's what the clinics, Movement Inc. I R&T think Movement Inc. Official. So th- these, these, these cats that went to school together in... Um, it, uh, Humber. Humber. I got no memory. You got Holy problems. shit. They went to school together in Humber, the four of them, all really, really good friends. Actually, one of them is a couple. And then they opened a clinic together, all four of them. And now their clinic is thriving. Four of them plus a thousand other therapists type of thing. And like that was always like kind of my dream when I was in school. I'm like, you guys are kind of cool to hang out with. I really like hanging out with you guys. We should just fucking start a clinic. And no one jumped on board. Everyone's like, fuck off, dude. So I ended up doing it with somebody else. But nonetheless, like, anyway, I, I, I dig it. Let's let's finish the intros there. And then I want to hear all about it. All right. Uh, welcome back, Rico. <laughs> Rico. Rico. Suave. Yes. Um, yeah. I've been working at a clinic uh, in my city for a year now. Um, really like it there. Um, and then, uh, on top of that, I, I had one day off. Um, so on my one day off, I decided to work at a multidisciplinary clinic as well. And then COVID happened right away. Um, and while I was working there, I wasn't busy at all. Um, so I just decided to stop working there. Um, but I wanted to fill my last day, uh, off with working just because, you know, wanted to work. <laughs> so, I uh, found another clinic that was a little bit further away, um, 
and just to get uh, some exposure to like, you know, a different area. And there was only one other massage therapist working there. So I um, started working there as well. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not working there anymore. Um, uh, I started uh, getting really busy at my original clinic. Uh, so I decided to take my that one day and then um, dedicate it to the clinic that I'm at. Um, just because there was like a cap and I kept like surpassing the cap and like making more money. So it was a better decision financially to dedicate my one day off to that clinic. Absolutely. Yeah. So I fucking love about this career, man. You can change, you can change clinics three times in a year and it's just normal. <laughs> when you came out of school, did you do one of these? Like, let me work as much as possible. And I want to know if you, if you guys have both done that and if your classmates have done that too. For those of you just listening, he's pointing at me. I recall like the majority of the people that I went to school with, they went crazy as soon as they, like exactly what you did. Yeah. As soon as they were done yeah. school, like I want to work, I want to work seven days a week. I want to make as much money as possible, but it wasn't even all about money. It was like, I really fucking love this job and I want to work seven days a week. Well, for me, it was you ask money. You ask a therapist three years later, they're like, I don't fucking want to do that. <laughs> right? But I'm curious. Yeah. For me, I was doing, um, so I was doing five to six days between two clinics initially. And then I had a super part-time job where I worked like four hours in the evening on a Sunday at a spa. That was, was like it, walking distance Was it because you wanted house. to and you loved the massage or was it like the money? Or was no, it the- I wanted to make money. Okay. At that point, I was like, I'm 20 something years old and I like I can work and I like working right. and I liked the money coming in. So, and I mean, yes, I liked the job, but I also wanted to see what options were available. Right? right. So I had the two clinics I was working at and like Rico, I almost called you something else like Rico. Um, <laughs> one of my clinics got super busy to like within, I don't, I don't even know if it was a full year, but I just got so busy at one place that I realized I don't need to this other place anymore, but they were just really nice people. I hung on for a little longer because I enjoyed the environment. So I guess it wasn't totally about money, but eventually financially it made more sense to drop them and just focus this one place. And going to the the one place that was really busy, then I got offered like corporate contracts and all this other stuff. And so I was busy. I was working six, seven days a week, but then that quickly faded. I would say within three years of being a therapist, I was like, yeah, I'm going to work like four or five days a week. Yeah. I'm working like uh, six days a week right now. So Monday to Saturday and um, five, five like spots every single day. So I'm not like fully booked, but I'm available. It's busy enough. busy enough. Yeah. So I'm seeing like on average, it seems like three, four people a day on average. Mm-hmm. So one day I might be like, uh, might have one person another day I might be fully booked. So on average, it's like three, four people a day, which is pretty good. Um, I like it. Uh, it is working a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that first year, uh, there were times where I was working too much. It felt like, or my posture wasn't good enough and right. started getting some like hand pain and stuff and had to work through that. And um, neck pain and had to work through that and stuff. Started working out, stretching more, a lot more self-care, being more aware of like my own body mechanics and stuff. And it really helps. So I'm in a good good spot now and it's really starting to get busy and I'm feeling good. And um, yeah, it's good. We uh, actually just bought a house as well. Nice. Congrats. So I'm going to start a little home practice as well. Look at this guy. <laughs> so like either like in the evenings or like on a Sunday or something and um, yeah, just slowly build that up and uh, yeah, go from there. Right on. Very cool. You guys too. And then we'll come back and do your intro. Um, 
same same thing like out of the gates finish got my license let's go crazy and work or is it a little different i'm actually probably the opposite i i did not want everyone who kept saying that you know massage therapists burn out very quickly i didn't want that to ever come into fruition you know getting too excited working a lot all of a sudden my body is not able to handle the job i wanted to prepare myself so actually even prior to becoming a therapist i actually was seeing a personal trainer to strengthen my upper body um also i was doing it originally because i was going to be trying out for a rep soccer team for my city uh just to have something to do for fun apart from just working all the time so definitely it did help because i didn't really have much of the the pain and everything and i slowly eased myself into it um, I also did have another job, which is not related to massage. Um, I do work as a lifeguard for my city. And I held on to that job and I still have it just because when I got hired back in February, COVID was already starting to come to North America. I had a bad feeling. I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to keep this in my back, pop- my back pocket just in case shit hits the fan. I'm very happy that I did because mm-hmm. I did have a safety net. So... I'm very happy that because there was a lot of benefits for working for a municipality that they still honored all the shifts that I had on my schedule. So it wasn't like, okay, now you have no hours. I was able to get EI through them and um, they had like support groups and stuff like that for uh, employees. So at least I had something just so I wasn't left in the dark. Like I'm only working for a month and all of a sudden I'm like, okay, what do I do now? So much for that. So. Plus, being a lifeguard is cool. I would do it, but I'm not a very good swimmer. <laughs> Baywatch. Your new name is Baywatch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, yeah, let's just switch names. Honestly, I think my parents just threw me in the pool and see if I would resurface. Cause I, I've been swimming since nine months old. I don't know how. They just like tossed me and I was like, okay. <laughs> Honestly, that's what we're going to have to do with our kids soon. They like start to get confident in the water yep. with swimming lessons and then COVID shuts everything down and then the next time they're back in it's like they've never been in water before. Mm. <laughs> Let's do our formal introduction. Yeah, with uh, Mel aka Baywatch. Hello my dudes. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I decided to start with that. I don't know why. I don't <laughs> um, so I'm Mel. I have been working for just over a year. I work in a multidisciplinary clinic with the Anastasia. Again, I almost like just completely said your other name but again, this is just me getting used That's to doing... Only name. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's that is her only name. What that do you mean? Name. Whatever do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, ignore that part. But anyways, um, I've been working for just over a year. I work in a multidisciplinary clinic. Um, I would say that it has been getting a lot more busy since uh, the restrictions have kind of died down. I would say a majority of the demographics that I do see is probably like chronic pain, especially in elder elderly people. Um, I don't know how it kind of happened. I think it was more so when the other massage therapist at my practice uh, went on maternity leave and eventually moved away. I got a lot of her clientele and they just, I guess, gravitated towards me. And uh, yeah, I've been very happy so far with uh, work. I definitely love my clients. I can honestly say I love my job and love coming to work. Um, I work about four day, four to five days a week, depending. And then one other day is just for uh, my lifeguarding job. Very cool. I like working with seniors. I know that it's like not for you at all. No. I like <laughs> no. Seniors I love me. I have nothing to say to old people. They love me. I have everything to say to old people. I get I get along really well with like 80-year-old women. <laughs> I had someone I had someone call me today interested in doing an OSCE prep. She just finished her program. 
She's 65 years old. Oh, you obviously don't have a problem talking to She's seniors. Then. You guys were on the phone for so long. I thought you were talking to your best buddy. 65 years old. <laughs> fifth career. She's That's like, awesome. yeah, you know, I'm just going to, you know, I think being a therapist would be cool. <laughs> That's pretty much what she's, why she's doing it. That is awesome. Yeah. And you know what? Um, I want to go back to what Mel was saying about, you know, people who are saying, oh, massage therapist burnout and whatever. I really wish that that would go away. I wish that narrative would just disappear because what we do is not like Mark brought this to my attention, like not that long ago. And I was like, yeah, what we do is not more physical than like people contractors, electricians, like actually people who do really physical jobs. Yes. We don't do really physical jobs. And I don't know why there is this myth that like, oh, most RMTs burn out after five years. I'm like, no, they fucking don't unless they really don't like the job. Yeah. Honestly, if you really it. don't like it, or then fine. Or taking care of yourself or something. I was I was roofing before massage. Right. That's so, hard. Yeah, it's very hard. Uh, very different. Very hard. Uh, I feel like in roofing, you're um, using a lot of your larger muscle groups a lot. Um, so it's like, it's definitely harder at the end of the day physically. Uh, and then massage, you're, you know, uh, loading your smaller joints more um, using like more intricate like muscles, like your forearm flexors, blah, 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 things like that. Um, so, but yeah, as long as you, um, take care of yourself and stuff, you can totally not burn out for sure. And, and that's what someone's talking about, phys- physical burnout? Well, or think, is that the assumption? I think the five year thing is usually related to physical burnout, okay. but I think more people burn out. They might feel physically burnt out, but I think it's more like what we talked about in some of our business meetups. It's people that are mentally burnt out because they don't actually like the job, whether that's the environment they're working in, they're not working with the right clients. Like imagine if you had to spend eight hours a day working with seniors. No, no, no. I'd You'd fucking mind. hate your job. Yeah. And you would say like I'm burnt out that's it I'm done but if you get to work with athletes all day you're fucking loving it you're doing 16 half hours in a day and not hurting at all right I was talking to someone the other day and they said that um, their friend's son or something like that they know someone that wanted to go to massage school because they wanted to be a massage therapist and they decided not to because they read on the internet that the average lifespan of an RMT is is five years (laughs) so like who knows they could have had a thriving happy career being an rmt that's what they wanted to do and because you know he read that and all this none of that shit makes sense to me like that is such a personal thing it's like whether i feel burnt out or not it's like amanda has a has a really good friend that is in the market for a new vehicle and she's calling up all of her friends saying um like do you like your vehicle do you like the way it is do you like the way it drives are there blind spots and the whole amanda and i like but you need to just go test drive a fucking car because what i really like about it you might hate what I really hate about it, you might love. It's yep. the same idea to me. Like just listening to some Yahoo say, oh, five years, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to base my potential life decisions on that. But if you are the person that is basing your life decision on that, then this probably wasn't the career That's for you. True. You That's know, true. like yeah. you you didn't want it bad enough. You didn't want to do it. So when uh, they pulled up this evening, I was outside talking to a friend of mine because she's thinking about massage as a career. And she's a year older than I am. So, I mean, she's not old, but she's not young. And And she was like, do you think I could do this? And I was like, what do you mean? Do I think you can do it? She's like, physically, do you think I can do it? And I was like, I'm the most out of shape that I've ever been in my entire life. And guess what? I go to work every day and I treat people and I'm just fine. Like, it depends if you like it or not. And again, knowing how to do it. Like, I... 
I find ways to do very effective treatments, expending as little energy as I possibly look at me. That, <laughs> look at me. that takes time. Your that takes time to get be there. Like whatever you want it to be, too, yes. right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to do like the crazy, deep, like super aggressive thing. You could do whatever you want, you know? Yep, absolutely. It's it's literally, I feel like massage therapy is as easy or as hard as you want exactly. it to be. Exactly. 100%, I believe that. Yeah. yeah. And I do agree with you guys because I came from a background where I had a bulge disc. Yeah. I was diagnosed with bilateral carpal tunnel going into school. I have no problems now. I've hurt my back before. No problems now. It's it's all about how bad you want it and how you take care of yourself, really. Yep. It's not a problem. So anyone who comes to you and is like, am I too old? Well, I, I don't was, know. Are I was, you? I was like, I was 25 <laughs> with bilateral carpal tunnel on both wrists. I mean... <laughs> I shouldn't have done this career, but it's beautiful. It's yeah. a beautiful job. It is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> money. I want to know, is this the most money you've ever made so far? Uh, for me, it is. Yeah. Uh, before this, I was I was roofing and- uh, Didn't you work at a pizza place when I met you? Yep, yep. Yeah. So yeah, I was making minimum wage uh, doing that. And then um, I was roofing, making not that much more than minimum wage. Right. Um, so yeah, it's definitely the most money I've- uh, uh, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you spend a little bit more now? You're like, well, he's a homeowner now. <laughs> well, I, you know, because I remember like the first time I made a little bit more dough. I'm like, fuck this. I went and bought a car. Like, right. I did. I, was I like, bought a car. <laughs> 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 I, I have a new car sitting out there. Right on. I, right I needed on. it though. So yeah, we, we got a car um, and then we bought a house together. But, um, you know, uh, we had a house to sell. My girlfriend right, had right. a house to sell. So that's where that came from. But saving a lot, which is good, uh, you know. Mm. Um, I'm pretty responsible, so I, I, I didn't go on any crazy sprees or anything. Mm. How about you guys? I was not responsible, by you the way. You were not responsible. I was, well, how old was I Probably when I graduated not. We ended up going school? on a billion 20, trips. Yes. To... I was 27, <laughs> 26. I was almost 27 when I graduated, I think. And yeah, we went on a ton of trips because this is what would happen. Mark would say to me, can you afford to go to Jamaica? And I'm like calculating in my head. I'm like, how many massages do I got to do? I'm like, yeah, I can go to Jamaica. No problem. I blew all the money I made, like all of it. You know that. I'm like getting into <laughs> investing now. So I'm like nice. investing Same. in stuff too. And Look at you all responsible. So right? responsible. He's adulting. Oh my God. <laughs> That's why he's the one with the new house. <laughs> <laughs> the new old house. I would definitely say like this was a big jump from my other job. Um, I find I've been more like on the saving side of stuff because just the way things are going in the economy and stuff like that. It is a little bit intimidating, I feel like, for millennials and Gen Z and that kind of generation, you know, to kind of think long term and stuff like that. So it's almost sometimes like I feel like guilty if I want to spend stuff. But then again, like it's COVID. Where can I really go? You know what I mean? So I don't know. I'm in a very weird dilemma right now. It's like I have money and I don't know what to do with it. Invest it. Yeah, that's pretty much what I did. Like I was actually a bit scared, though, because Okay, so the time learn, learn and then well, don't invest in now. Learn and then yeah, and like then, I, I and save. Yeah, like when I started, um, like officially in year one, I was twenty one, and then the second I got my job, my parents took me to the bank. We we're just like, okay, you're finally going to meet up with the financial advisor, have like the talk to actually learn about finances, because Sally, the school curriculum doesn't give us that kind of literacy. But again, to each their own. I digress. Um, so I was like, I want to learn about this because I just don't want to be that person handed off to an accountant. I actually want to have some kind of financial literacy. But there was one thing that really stuck in my head was when the financial advisor said, 
when do you want to retire? And then I'm like, I started yesterday. I don't know what I started yesterday. This unprofessional hour, by the way, got really professional. (laughs) Tell me about your retirement plans and your investments. Exactly. But it was just that kind of mindset. I was like, oh my God, now I have to think like 40 years into the future and like all this stuff. And then I just started to get very overwhelmed because I did find I was trying to do too many things at once. I was like, okay, I want to learn about finances. Then I want to learn about massage and the business. And then I want to learn about like all these other things and even like during COVID I had other hobbies and like learning another language I was learning how to like cook and do landscaping and stuff because I use that more as a coping mechanism not to think about COVID but then at the same time I found that I was really just trying to use them as an escapism to not think about all this bad stuff that was kind of happening around us like if I think about something else will this just distract me from like the world being on fire right now and then I also felt like I had to do so much so early and out of the get-go. I don't know why. I felt like I had to kind of like prove myself and do all these things and feel established already at 21. That's because you're 21. Yeah. But I think it's more so it's because like I'm not in like the security of school anymore. Like I'm not in this like little nest egg where people are kind of like coaching you through and you have that sense of community because the second that college was done and then we were hit with COVID, I wasn't around anybody I think the loneliness really started to take a toll on my mental health. And then I just kind of let my mind wander. And then just a lot of stuff tried to occupy my mind. So I was like, okay, I don't want to think of all these bad things. Let's try to occupy with stuff so I'm like distracted. Although is that a bad thing? Is like, is taking up hobbies and using, you know, putting your your energy towards something positive a bad thing? I I don't know that we can look at that as a negative coping mechanism. I wouldn't say it was like bad, but I definitely... because. I am a perfectionist and I've already talked about some like previous episodes that I do put a lot of pressure on myself. My classmates even can detest to this because they put up with me for two years. Um, some but, of us longer. <laughs> true, true. Because <laughs> now you work with me. <laughs> so wait, 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 wait. I, I, I have to ask. Yeah. All of the pressure you put on yourself in school, doing this stuff, wanting the really high grades and everything else. When you look back at it now, are you like, there's a good idea to put all that time and energy and pressure on myself? Or do you look at back at it and you're like, did I really fucking need to do that to myself to go through massage school? Like, I'm standing here at the end of the day in the same position that I would have been if I just took it easy on myself a little bit. Just out of curiosity, if that ever crossed your mind. Sometimes it does cross my mind because anytime I do something, I just, I want to do it to the best of my abilities. I don't want to ever half-ass something. Um... It's just kind of like the way I was raised. I was in a household very much of like go-getters. So I guess it just kind of rubbed off on me. Um, But also like I definitely find myself to be a very independent person. I don't like having to constantly rely on people and be out of control a little bit. Do you ever feel jealous when you see people just have the capability of just fucking chilling? Yes. <laughs> you know, he's asking these questions because he's exactly like you. <laughs> uh, I want to know that I'm we not were, the only one. <laughs> we were shooting video this morning for our technique series. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen any of that that's been going on online. So we had two therapists come in to shoot video today and um, I was the body on the table and we had one therapist working and Mark was working the camera and 
he stopped like four times to move stuff out of the background. And one time it was the skeleton. And finally the therapist was like, wow, you're really a perfectionist. Eh? I'm like, just let him make it his way. Just <laughs> let him make it perfect. Okay. We just, we're perfect, just here man. to be quiet. Just let him do it his way. I'm just wondering how that, that works. Because <laughs> I see people that chill and I'm like, I'm so fucking jealous. Like I want what I, whatever, whatever your ability is to not think about anything beyond what's in front of you right now. Yeah. I want that. Or if I had that, would I want? I don't know. It's a really, it's a really fucking mind fuck no, that I go through. No, thank you. Because honestly, this like this validates it a little. It's bit. exhausting. It is because you almost feel guilty of not being productive. Yes, and it's annoying. Sometimes, like I'll be on like Instagram, I'll look through someone's stories, and I'll see someone like working out or like showing like their workspace. And I'm like, I shouldn't be sitting on my like my bed doing nothing, looking at memes or something like that. And then so I'm like, th- that wasn't coping. Then you learning new skills. That was you thinking, I better fucking do something, otherwise I'm doing nothing. We went from two years of doing so much in a yeah. short amount of time to dead silence. So I would say, like, yes, it was a coping me- mechanism, and yes, it was positive. But at the same time, I was like. Again, it was kind of like in school, putting that pressure on myself a little yeah. bit to be the best I can be. I'm like, there's no one telling me like that there's a grade. There's no one like telling me that I have to do this. This is just kind of like, just sadly a habit that I've been learning how to break. And thankfully with some of my colleagues and stuff kind of having my back saying like, hey, you can relax. Like it, it kind of helps because just, it's. I know it's something that's not going to go away. Having a very anxious personality it's not going to like change overnight but something that definitely having a support system definitely helps um with covid it's definitely harder to see people face to face i'm definitely Mm -hmm. one of those people like i like being around people i always grew up in a household that was very affectionate with people i was always close with friends so to have nobody it was very difficult and also i did feel like my mental health really took a turn um my first year uh sadly my grandma got covid um, there was an outbreak in her nursing home, so I did not like being at home. So, I'm sorry. I was looking for tissues. I didn't mean to not make this fun, guys. I'm sorry. It's okay. No. Um, it's life, man. That's what we do. There was a time that we thought she would pass away. So, um, when we got the call that her uh, nursing home had an outbreak, tensions were very high with my family. We're thinking, okay, are we going to even have a funeral for my grandma? Are we even going to be able to say goodbye to her? Can I give her like a hug before she passes away? Thank you. So I almost like, I did not want to be at home. So I thought like... If I could take up all of this stuff, I could escape my own house, being in isolation. And it was hard because, like, I definitely, I tried multiple times. And I found no matter what I did to occupy my time, even though I was productive and I did so many things, that I can definitely look back and say that I'm proud of them now, even, like, towards myself and my career. I would definitely say that I I really was just trying to escape being trapped in quarantine. And I thought that if I could just transport myself, like how I did studying, having like no concept of time and stuff like that, that it would be easier and it wasn't. Um, and definitely that's something that always came back. And I even, I even tried to make the best of it a little bit because there was at one point that like the nursing home when um, my grandma was not so anxious because sadly she does have dementia she has depression 
um, diabetes and a whole bunch of complicated health conditions and stuff like that. Uh, we were able to finally, at one point when she was a bit stable, to have Skype calls with her. So I learned how to speak Portuguese and talk in her mother language because she doesn't remember how to speak English anymore. So that would be my only way to talk with her. So I really, I really just tried my best to stay positive. But the matter of the fact is I didn't have anyone to really talk to. Because sadly, everyone was dealing with COVID. Everyone was dealing with the stress of it. And I felt so guilty if I said I was upset, that I was lonely, that I was sad. That people would be like, why are you telling me this? I'm going through the same thing as you. So that was kind of my way of coping with everything, was just trying to stay busy so that I wouldn't almost like feel anything bad. Because it almost like COVID for me, like the first four months, it almost felt like the biggest, deepest, emptiest nothing. Like I just felt nothing. If, when people talk about depression, not being able to get out of bed, I think I have a small idea of what that is. And like when mental burnout or COVID fatigue, whatever you want to call it, I have a feeling of what that was because I had to deal with that for four months. Thankfully, she survived. But for four months of COVID, I would honestly say that that was very difficult for me. I feel like that's like the deepest thing I've heard in a long time. Honestly, I, I, I don't like talking about it because I know I know talking about it, especially with like my family and stuff, it does make them a little bit stressed, you know, having to deal the possibility of a family member dying and then also dealing with other things people are going through with COVID. So you almost feel guilty about saying you're sad because I do feel with cancel culture, people make it a competition and be like, well, I've been through more stuff than you and I have this, this, this. It's almost like you feel guilty for saying that you're sad. So I just really try to distract myself to not think about it at all. It's a very sad world that we live in. If people feel like we we go on and on about how important mental health is. Everyone is fucking congratulating Simone Biles today for taking, you know, quitting the team to take care of her mental health. But a young person is feeling guilty to put a burden on what her family and her friends that she's sad because what they might have it more difficult than you. Like it's not a competition, right? Just because somebody else's life is hard, it doesn't make what you're dealing with any less valid, right? And it's not that you weren't dealing with anything. You had a family member, a close family member with COVID that you couldn't even go see and mm -hmm. couldn't even speak to. So it's, uh, I just think it's such a messy world that we live in where it's like, if you don't talk about your mental health, people will say, oh, but it's important you need to talk about it. But if you do talk about it, well, every, you know, I have it worse and this mm. person has it worse. Like, is does that really exist? Or do you think that you are, once again, putting that on yourself? Are you putting this on yourself that you're worried about being a burden to other people when they wouldn't look at you like that? I think so. I, I definitely, I would think that as well. Um that thinking that, like, you know, me talking about it, I'm like, okay, I'm burdening, burdening something, uh, burdening, excuse me, somebody with this. And I also feel like it comes with our nature as healthcare professionals. We want to help people. And it's a lot of give, give, not receiving. And you do find that at some points you do need to detach yourself. Because it did reach a point. Because, like, I... I do love my job and I love working with chronic pain people, but at the same time, and I realized this when I started to talk to some of my professors about this, uh, talking about my mental health, where I am with my career. And even though I would say my career is like, it's, it's good right now. Let me just make that clear. Like I, I like where I work. I love my colleagues. I love the clients that I see going to work makes me happy, but because there was stuff going on at home, 
that was really taking a toll on my mental health. There was times that when I was treating chronic pain people and they had their stuff, sometimes it did carry with me home because as much as people think it's easy to just leave your stuff at the door, it's hard because people were starting to talk about like stuff that they were going through. Like I had a lot of nurses. I would say about 40% of the clientele I was seeing when we were coming back was just burnt out nurses and they were telling me the awful things that they saw in the hospitals. They were telling me about all the injuries and not being able to see their family. And then it's like, okay, then yeah, I'm listening. But then at the same time, like I can't deal with this all day and then go back home and then deal with my bullshit. You know what I mean? So like I had to really just take some time to talk to people about this and just let it out. And I actually ended up doing uh, one of my outreach coordinators, um, if she's listening. Um, honestly, thank you so much for like talking to me and just helping me like kind of vent because I was talking to her about career stuff. And then I was also talking about the mental health aspect and putting pressure on yourself and everything. And we ended up talking on Zoom for close to like four hours. This was supposed to be like a 30 minute meeting. And it just felt so good to talk to someone who was familiar and understood what I was going through. And I felt so good. And I felt good for probably three days until, I'm sorry if I'm taking too much time talking, like tell me when to stop. I'm sorry, this is getting really depressing. Um, Three days after my lifeguarding job really started to get very complicated because the life goal is I don't want to be a guard forever. The reason why is just because I had no idea what COVID was, so I had it as a safety net. I was then threatened my job three days later by the city saying, We're going to start going back to work. Recreation centers are going to open. If you don't say yes to going to work immediately right now and honor the schedule we give you, you are fired. So then I was dealing with the possibility, okay, do I get a union involved? Do I have to uh, talk to like supervisors and stuff? So it almost was like there was a never ending just downfall. Like I was trying so hard to pick myself up and then something's just like, boom, you can't be happy. You know what I mean? So I was trying so hard and I'm like, I'm at this stage in my life. I'm too young to be considered a teenager. I'm too old to be taken seriously as an adult. I'm in this limbo of me trying to figure out my life. And with COVID, so much was happening, personal life, career, all this stuff that really it just crushed me see what i told you Mm. teenagers and young adults Mm -hmm. we did an episode and i said i feel like this entire age bracket like teenagers and into early 20s we're dealing with a lot more shit than i think any of us ever realized like me as a 37 year old woman with like kids and whatever my life didn't change covid didn't change my life you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i didn't go anywhere anywhere. i didn't have a social life i don't fucking go out i don't have like friends that i hang out with after work no that doesn't exist i go to work i go home to my kids my life didn't change but i had had this conversation with mark where i said teenagers and young adults right now are fucking suffering because a lot of you guys are probably like living at home with your family not that you don't love your family but you're isolated from your friends you don't get to see anyone Mm -hmm. and in your case mel because you're so guilty to yeah. even talk about your issues? Like, did either of you two, who are good friends, did either of you two know that she was dealing with this the entire time? Not at all. I knew kind of a little bit of it because we would talk about it. I would remind her, you know, especially when she was taking on more hobbies, uh, putting a lot of pressure on herself, like, uh, for career-wise, I'm not far enough. Did we make the right choice? Things like that. Uh, about her grandmother, I didn't know all the details. Um I, I knew she it broke out with COVID, but I think you told me when the four months were over and told told me like after the fact. And of course, we weren't working together at the time, so I didn't get to see her and uh, actually see what was happening. But yeah, it's it's been a tough time for Mel for sure. I've 
And a lot of people who are younger, I see a lot of younger clients too, and they're having a tough time as well. It's, and they do, they also feel guilty almost for talking about it because they're like, oh, well, all my other friends are also going through this. Like, why, why, why does it matter what I'm going through? And it's just a reassurance that no, it doesn't take away from what you've gone through and how difficult it may be. Mm -hmm. So I even remember when we were doing actually the TMJ course. I was seeing a lot of the messages that was coming up from like colleagues and stuff regarding my other job. Um, and I really just tried to mute it because like during class, sometimes it would pop up. And then like, I was like, I don't want to think about this, like stop creeping my head. And at some points it was like making me anxious because like you have this thing that you have to do later. And it's kind of looming over me. So I really just tried to suppress it. So I even felt like when I was doing the course, I wasn't as bubbly as I usually was. And I was like, oh, God. Was that true, Mark? Was she not bubbly? During the course, or is it, are you? Can you not? He's like, I don't remember down? yesterday. What are you? Why are you asking me these questions? <laughs> it was a month ago too. So. Yeah, courses become a, a blur a little bit. Three days after, I, I forget everything. That's just because I'm old. Well, I won't. I won't turn this into like a whole COVID talk. But I mean, co- that was the whole thing with COVID. Is like everybody had some sort of shit they were dealing with, right? Whether it was loneliness, whether it was loss of their job, whether it was I have to go to work and I'm fucking terrified of getting COVID. Whether like whatever it was, like everyone was dealing with something. And I think there were probably a lot of people. Who who were just not saying anything because they did feel guilty. So, for example, you know, if I had a job no one to say it to, or they had no one to say it to, exactly. Um, one of my family members, he lives alone, and he has a job that he can do remotely. And the entire month of January and February this year, 2021, he actually never left his apartment. It wasn't until the first week of March that he realized I haven't been outside. Like we're talking Tom Hanks castaway, like Whoa. not. He, for the entire month of January and February, he would get his uh, groceries delivered or he would Uber. He was working from home. He doesn't have like a wife or kids or whatever. So, like literally did not leave his apartment for two full months. And then I think I spoke to him sometime in March or April. And he's like, yeah, that was a really depressing two months. And I was like, I had no idea you weren't doing anything. Like didn't leave his apartment for two full months. That's not that's Humans not healthy for anybody. Creatures. Yeah. 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 I empathize with you. Like I said, I I can't imagine. If I was 20, 21 and having to deal with this, this would have been like my entire life when I was 20 and 21 were was my social life. It was my friends, right? Mm-hmm. That's all I did. Like I said, now that I'm old, it didn't really change my life actually at all. Don't worry. We'll we'll make up. We'll make up. <laughs> yeah. You're stuck with me, so... Oh, it's going to be a time. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, you guys work together. Yeah. You yeah. scored her this job somehow. Sort of. Kind of. When you when you decide, when the clinic owners are like, hey, we're looking for somebody, and you throw her name in the mix, are you ever like, holy fuck, don't you fuck this thing up. I don't want these fucking people to think <laughs> I'm just laughing of- already. Like, <laughs> like, yep, she was scared. <laughs> actually, no. Um, Actually, she was the first person that popped into my mind because I was like, okay, I think she would get along with a lot of the people. I think the clientele coming in, she would really enjoy. And especially because... She had told me some stories about interviews that right away she didn't have a good feeling. I was like, hey, you can just come here and just see it for yourself. So that's all I did. What kind of interviews? Yeah, I was going to say, what what makes you not have a good feeling in interviews? Let's hear what not to do in an interview, (laughs) whoever owns the joint. Like the Red Flag Clinic. That's that's my nickname (laughs) for it. We've called it that kind of from the beginning. Um, Oh. So many things. I remember having the phone interview because COVID. I mean, at school, they didn't prepare me for a phone interview. So I was like, well, I'm a little more anxious. But also at the same time, I don't have to get ready and they don't have to see me. So it was a beautiful thing. But little things like I remember our teachers discussing with us like, you know, 
if there's a high turnover rate of RMTs, ask why mm-hmm. or kind of find out. So one of the clinics that I actually interviewed with, I knew the reason why the RMTs high turnover rate. Uh, they act more like a business. It's like a five minute turnover for this is before COVID. Um, five minute turnover to do your notes, everything, get them in, get them out. Uh, so it, that wasn't for everyone that pace. Uh, the red flag clinic, uh, I asked them and they couldn't give me an answer. Their answer was they couldn't keep clients. I asked, what do you mean by that? Because you're a physiotherapy clinic. You know, usually when they're better, they leave. They're better. And they were like, no, they just couldn't keep clients. And I was like, do you mean like they had complaints against them? Do you mean they could like, what? Could they not bring them in? They're like, no, they were good RMTs, stuff like this. They kind of hummed and haw over it. Then I finally met them in person for a second interview. Um, and I asked them the exact same question again, and then they kind of opened up talking about how there were RMTs that didn't know their anatomy and being a physiotherapy clinic, they needed that. Um, mm. so some of these were like realistic reasons. Um, but there were some that were just like, they couldn't keep clientele. I'm like, what do you mean by that? Like, w- what do you mean they couldn't keep clientele? And I think the big component was they're like, well, they wouldn't call them back after three months. And it was really more onto the RMT to like call them, email them being like, hey, you haven't had a massage in a a while. You want to come in? So uh, that one I didn't know. Then I finally got a look at the contract. It wasn't written by a lawyer. Uh, That that was kind of a red flag that our teachers told us about, too. If a lawyer wasn't involved for that. it and they were just starting out but they had already gone through what they were open not even a year and i think they had gone through 10 rmts wow that's a lot that's a lot of rmts oh, that's in a year. to me yeah it was it was a lot and so that's why i was like why because you're a physiotherapy clinic you guys are doing well because i came in and they had they had clients it was booked they just didn't have an RMT and I just couldn't figure out why. And it just felt like something they weren't saying something or they had too high of expectations mm. of something else. So that was another one. It's interesting. That and being told that I can't do joint play, stretching. They basically kind of, str- I couldn't do assessment. I was not allowed to do assessment. Um, yeah, they were like stripping down. What That's I why the do. RMTs couldn't keep clients. There's your answer. Because when you are being, uh, you're not given any autonomy whatsoever. Like we will do the assessment. We will tell you how to treat. We will, we're doing this as the RMT. Then you don't give a fuck about those clients. You're not trying to rebook them because they're not yours. They're the physio's you don't clients. Give a fuck about anything. You're just the massage <laughs> bitch. So no, of course you're, you're yeah, not going to stay there. I, I wouldn't care. I'd stay. I just wouldn't care. Yeah, I, w- exactly. I would. I, I would just flip the switch and be like, "Fuck this! I'm just going to punch in, punch out, and do my thing." And well, that's kill like, as much time as possible. That is between. the place that I went to. So I was in a car accident in October 2020, and I just finished my treatment plan like a couple of weeks ago. And the place that I was going to, there was a couple of like good massage therapist but it was very evident that the RMTs at this clinic like didn't give a shit because they were given no control whatsoever. The assessment, of course, was done by either the chiro or the physio. The treatment plan was made up by them. And of course, massage was part of the treatment plan. But the massage therapists themselves weren't even doing their own assessment. They Sometimes they didn't even talk to me. Like I would come in, they would say, 
come in and then the the therapist would start leaving the room like get on and I was like what do you want me to do this this one therapist this is a good one um I'm sitting there waiting for him to like ask me a question or say something and he just stares at me for a second then he goes okay and he goes to walk out and I'm like what do you want me to do he goes you don't know how to get undressed whoa wow. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and all of these fucking people know I'm an RMT half of them actually listen to the podcast and I was oh like so you're hearing this guys like you know call them out Sis. And and I know that place. They put so much on their RMTs to like call back people, get them in, rebook them. And I'm like, I would never fucking do that either. That's I wouldn't what I mean. quit, they were given, but I would just be they like, were given no control. Fuck off. I'm not doing none of this. Thank you for the hand gesture. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> in your face. But yeah, no, that would be a red flag for me. I don't want to work at a place that like doesn't even allow me to work within my full scope. Like you're not allowed to do assessment. You're not allowed to do joint play. Fuck off. Yeah, that'd be boring. <laughs> that'd be a little bit boring. You know what though? Even from a professional standpoint, like from a college standpoint, you're fucked up if you if you accept that kind of position and go with it. I mean, at the end of the day, if anyone wants to complain about something that happened with their RMT, they're calling the College of Massage Therapists of Ontario. Yep. And then you're being investigated potentially by the College of Massage Therapists of Ontario. what are you going to say? The physio made me do exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> it, it, that makes zero sense to me. Anyway, what do I know? RMTs, if you're listening and you have a physio pulling your strings, get out. Hmm. Get out. As someone who didn't take it, rethink it. <laughs> <laughs> See, when she told me this, it honestly made my blood boil. And then she was also talking about how um, there was another place that, yeah, they were paying well. But I'm like, that wouldn't even be worth it because at that point, you don't like what you do. You're already being bossed around. They're trying to find your scope of practice when, when they're not even a massage therapist. I was like, get out. Like, hell no. So weird. That's a good friend. She pulled you out. Yeah, she did. And <laughs> honestly, working where we do, um, we we have control. I like that was one of my first questions actually entering that interview. I was like, Can can I do everything I was taught? Like, really? Awesome. Cool. What's the split? <laughs> what do you cover? <laughs> um, because that that was the biggest thing that I kept hitting interview after interview. And I kept turning these places down. And a lot of these places kept contacting me also after I had turned them down and professionally turned them down being like, sorry, I don't feel like this is the right fit at this time. And they'd keep sending me emails being like, why? <laughs> we, we can negotiate things. I think there is um, a struggle for clinic owners sometimes to find good RMTs because I've had that happen before. I've gone for an interview and told the clinic owner who was a chiropractor like straight to his face, yeah, this is not the place for me. And then he had like one of his RMTs reach out like, well, what is it? What could what could he do better? And I was like, what? Like you tell him you work there. I don't know. I don't want to work there. And yeah, maybe it's just nothing other than it's just not a match for you. You're not a good match for it. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, if you're happy there, cool. I'm not coming. Yeah, that makes no sense. I don't know. <laughs> so now that you guys have been out in practice for some time, I need to get at least one juicy story from each of you. And since Rico's been so quiet over there, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to throw you right under the bus, put you on the spot. <laughs> juicy story. Um, giving like relaxing massages all day sometimes like does anybody else sometimes like almost fall asleep while they're 100 oh, yes yeah oh my god i've done this before and i swear to god i fall asleep several times i'm doing head neck shoulders this is one of those you know it's the last person of the day you're so fucking tired and i'm doing head neck shoulders and i'm doing it like this and i'm just listening to the music and I don't know if one of these happen where I just stop because I have no idea, right? I catch myself in this position. I'm thinking to myself, did I just fucking stop? I don't know if I stopped. Did I just fall asleep? Then I don't you know wonder if I like if you snored or something. I don't wonder if I snored. <laughs> but then now I'm like, if I did stop, I got to like now suddenly stop 
all over the place just to make it seem like I intentionally stopped this time. So I've got the other side and I'm like, well, it probably stopped about this long and I'll just hang out here. It's the weirdest thing. And I've just, I've done that many, many times where I full on swear I've fallen asleep giving head and neck shoulders in a supine position. Yeah. I'll be like doing it like a slow, deep, like muscle strip with like my elbow and just kind of like hang out here and just kind of like close your eyes for yep, a second yep. and then like up for a second it's like oh yeah it was just it was just a deep hold there <laughs> I had to hold that there for a second and then and then you have to like drink energy drinks in between clients so then like the next person you got like a good boost the but, then, but then afterwards you're like more crashed right so then it's like a, a destructive it's a big cycle circle, yeah. I was treating still probably about six clients a day at like 36 weeks pregnant and I was so tired. And I remember so many times, like literally just, honestly, I probably look, anyone listening can't see this. I looked like this on top of the client. And I'm like, I'm like 700 pounds right now. This will just feel good. And I would just like hang out. <laughs> yeah. It was really exhausting treating that pregnant. And then like you walk out of the room and the the bright sun is there and you're just like sleep. <laughs> Everyone's looking at you. It's like, were you like napping in there? It's like, I don't know. I think no. so. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Sleepy eyes all day. So yes, I think almost every therapist can Have relate to asleep? almost falling asleep. I, or falling asleep. I felt like I was about to fall asleep because I had a 90-minute pregnancy massage. And I felt like it was just so like light because this particular client just wanted very light pressure. And I was like, I feel like I'm petting a cat, to be honest, for 90 minutes. Mm. But then she also wanted like the lights a little bit dim because she's just prone to headaches and stuff. I'm like, okay, just get rid of the triggers and stuff in the room. But then it's one of those moments you look at the clock you're like, okay, here's the time. You look again, it's like it hasn't changed. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be staring at the ceiling the whole time. And you just kind of like nod off a little yes. bit. You start swaying and I'm just like, I don't know where I am anymore. And those <laughs> moments suck when it happens so early into the treatment. When you, when you when you first start and you're in the first 10 minutes, you're like, I hope this is almost over soon. And you're like, I've only been going for fucking 10 mm-hmm. minutes. 10 minutes, it's like <laughs> i got done. six more of these to go through. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I love that feeling. I actually started like... Uh, like time management, I feel like was a really hard thing to learn and deal with um, at the very beginning. So it's like, you know, every person wants something a little bit different. And then like you're thinking, it's like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to spend this much time here, <laughs> this much time there. And then you, you kind of lose track of time. And it's like, okay, when did I start again? <laughs> a couple of times I asked the client, I'm like, this might be a silly question, but uh, what, what time did we start again? It's kind of embarrassing. That's oh, you want to talk embarrassing? You, I've, I've, I'll one up you both right now. I started with a client one time at five o'clock, and all of a sudden it was like five forty-one, and I was like, "Oh, it was it was supposed to be an hour treatment." I'm like, "Oh shit, sorry, I went ten minutes over. I don't know where the time went." In my mind, I'd started at four thirty. I left the room. I went and washed my hands. She got dressed. <laughs> she comes out and she's like, "Um, didn't I have an hour?" And I was like, "Yeah, I just went over time." She's like, "We started at 5 I'm like, "Oh fuck." Yeah, <laughs> I've done that. I've done that. Done it once. It felt horrible. That was me last week. I kid you not. Because I had a client who booked for a 75 and I was so used to doing one hours. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, the hour time comes like, oh crap, I got to get him out. And then all of a sudden, the client calls. And just as they did, I was like, I looked at my watch. I'm like, shit, it's supposed to be 75. And I'm like, I'm so sorry about it. And I just told the receptionist and everything like about what happened. And like they were like laughing about it. But it's just in my head. I was so used to it. That, that one appointment that messed up my flow. And I'm like, I done goofed. <laughs> so what I do now is I get a little uh, post-it note. And then I write down all of my end times for for that day. And then That's I funny. Stick it behind the <laughs> <laughs> so if I get lost, I just look at it. It's like, okay, this one, it ends at this time. It keeps 
keeps you on track. That's Actually, funny. That's smart. <laughs> Someone gave me that tip and it was very valuable I for me. I pick that up then. Yeah. <laughs> I like this. I like this idea. The, the, the therapist dumb moments is what this is. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of dumb moments that probably would have embarrassed me before. And I'm like, no, it's okay. You all know what an idiot I can be. It's fine. When uh, the time change happened, I was an hour late for my massage. My, my client was waiting and I was like an hour late. <laughs> I don't understand though. Don't you have a phone? I do. I do. But like it, it just happened. I don't know. That's oh, you funny. mean the client not calling? No. Oh. I mean It'll never your, happen phone, again, your phone changes automatically. So oh, like gotcha, gotcha, the reason gotcha. why time changes never affect me is because I use my phone for my time. Doesn't everybody do that? I didn't have that as a kid growing up. You didn't have a phone? No, not as a kid growing up. Well, of course I didn't. <laughs> so it was like, not all the time. Your your client stayed? Like, you were an hour late and they were still waiting for you? I, I always, like, kind of show up, uh, like, you know, 30 minutes early okay. yeah, just because yeah. I like to, like, get ready and, like, you know, get, get in the groove and stuff. So, like... Although I was an hour late, I kind of like still showed up kind of early. Right, right, right. They didn't have anything going on uh, afterwards and I didn't have anyone booked afterwards. Oh, so, so it worked out. Yeah, yeah it worked yeah. out. That's like, good. If you don't have anything going on, we can like go over time. I can make sure you get full time. And yeah. Like, okay, yeah, cool. So it, it worked out anyways. Okay. Because I was wondering if that client hung out for like and just like waiting <laughs> till the end <laughs> no, yeah. of their normal <laughs> treatment time. The owner called me and they were like, where the hell are you? I'm oh, like, yeah. What are you talking about? And, and then I was like, oh, that time change. I'm on my way. I'll be there soon. So, oh my God. I feel funny. so stupid in those moments. I don't oh, know yeah. if you felt stupid, but I, I'm Absolutely. not saying you should feel stupid. But you should feel stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't? I feel, I feel, with you if you didn't yeah, I feel stupid. really stupid in those fucking moments. Like it ruins my day feeling stupid in those moments. Yeah, you get I can't shake really, it. really mad. But like I said, you and Mel have similar personalities where like you beat yourself up well, over we like- refrigerators on cameras or something? Really, really, really <laughs> No, I think that was Anastasia, oh. but we'll get back to that. Yeah, I want to know. She was, she was learning to dance with the fridge, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, you beat yourself up over the tiniest <laughs> little mistakes that I'm like, you know, nobody else will notice, right? Like nobody, nobody else cares. will know. Nobody, nobody cares. cares. Nobody cares. It, David. You ever watch Shit's Creek? I just started watching nobody. it because everyone's telling me to. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm obsessed, cares. like probably to an unhealthy point of obsession. I've watched the whole <laughs> series like seven times and I'll watch it again. Um, but there's an episode where... Alexis is trying to tell David, who's like very type A and high strung, like, you realize like nobody cares. Like you think people are looking at you. You think people are judging you. You think nobody cares. And so anytime he's being all crazy, crazy, he's like, nobody cares, right? I'm like, nobody fucking cares. You think people care? They don't care. They don't care. But I do care about the fridge because we've heard about this fridge and I want to know okay, what fine. happens yes. wait, fridge. wait, wait, wait. The, we, we, needed, we needed one juicy story per person. So, okay, fine. Rico falls asleep while he treats. That's fine. So, should we go to Anastasia and you want to learn about the fridge? Oh, I was going to say, we have tons of juicy stories. We actually do. All right. I want to hear lots want, of them, but we, we got to fill Mark in the about fridge. the fridge. Everyone wants the fridge. <laughs> Please um, just talk about the fridge. Oh, my God. Because this is just recent to me and you guys didn't invite me. <laughs> you left, okay? I am in the room right beside you. Guys. It was Saturday at the end of the day. No one else was there. If you guys brought snacks, I would have stayed. See? <laughs> That's working where we with went friends. Wrong. Working with friends. That's where we went wrong. Working great. So uh, we have a lovely, lovely lady that we work with, um, and she's a dancer. She loves dancing. She's really good at it. She's exceptional, actually, and she's a really good teacher, uh, though she doesn't think so. Um, I've shown an interest in wanting to learn like tango, bachata, salsa, stuff like that. Gotcha. You know, might help me in the treatment room, probably won't. Um, <laughs> make me twinkle toes, but you know. Uh, so she knew I had an interest. Everyone was gone. And she, you know, came to my clinic room. I was just writing notes and she's like, Do you want do you want that lesson now? I'm like, sure, of course. Yeah, why not? Let's go. 
I'm ready. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Teach me how to dance. Basically. Um, and I'm like, I have no rhythm. I have two left feet. This is going to be great. <laughs> so we decided to do it in our break room, which of course has a security camera. I really hope my boss looks one day. Oh, it'd be so good. So we started off with some basic movements and to kind of get the flow, especially like, you know, how some people can move their bodies just like flowy. Uh-huh. You know you have to show us what you mean by this, right? <laughs> Please do tell. She, so she we have like, a mini fridge. <laughs> it's too small. <laughs> um, she was showing me against the fridge because it's a stationary object. I mean, a wall would work, but the fridge was better because it's right in line with the security camera. So she's she's showing me. I was like, okay. So I go to the other side of the fridge and I start. And we're just trying to move our body against it. I'm like, oh, I'm getting the hang of this. The fridge is like rocking. The fridge is just rocking. And then we just start laughing because I'm like, man, if she looks at that security camera, this just looks so weird. Guys, double team the fridge. Basically, basically. I mean, the rest of the time we were just dancing and everything. But yeah, that fridge. That fridge got more action. We're going to need um, that security footage. <laughs> oh, trust me, that security footage. You should get months worth. <laughs> there, there's Mal and I dancing in the hallways, just twerking, just <laughs> random stuff. Like it's just we're walking, and all of a sudden, just boom, twerking. I'm pretty sure there's one of me running down the hallway with the laundry basket on my head. <laughs> oh, there, there's that one. There's also like the sheets over you. There's yeah. also one like I've walked into multiple doors. Like I can't walk in a straight line. <laughs> uh, my, the worst part is where her treatment room is. Though there's no security camera, so I've snuck into your room so many times, and you just hear a scream. <laughs> But no one will ever know what happened. <laughs> Sounds creepy. What? Sounds so creepy. Your 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 hallway. There's no security camera there. If you look where the security cameras are, that is yeah, the blind no, spot. Yeah, it's only in the long hallways. Yeah. mine's like the blind spot. Yeah, I know. If there was ever monitors anywhere, and you were trying to find me, I just know what hallway to be in. Oh my god, <laughs> that looks so scared right now. They torment me at work. It's basically like Aww. student clinic all over. I was again. gonna say, didn't you get tormented at school too? I did. I also got tormented like when we went to go do the. Oski in like the Airbnb where I almost got like murdered. <laughs> Wait, I don't know if I told you guys this story. Wait, did I tell you guys the story about like the people who were like in uh, the basement of the Airbnb that we were in and they like couldn't get in? This was like at one o'clock in the morning or something. They were like knocking on my window. Did I tell you guys this? No. I don't think so. Let me sit back. Hold on. <laughs> Let me get comfortable. <laughs> so... Um, if you can recall from like the previous episode, I think this is the one called the Ain't Students Anymore. When we went to the Airbnb, the yep, door yep. that we were at, like the door of like the, the Airbnb itself, it didn't lock properly. And you got put to sleep in the, the yeah. worst position. The one yeah. that gets killed first position. Pretty much. Because yeah. like the living room was kind of converted into kind of another bedroom. So then everyone's going to bed because we're like, okay, let's try to get some sleep or whatever restful sleep because it was going to be a nerve wracking day. So it's probably about like almost one o'clock. And then all of a sudden I hear like this very light drumming or tapping on the glass that's right beside like my bed. (laughs) And it's not even like a knock. Like, I don't know if this will work. It's not even like this. It's like, (laughs) it's very light tapping. And I'm like turning my head like, what the hell? And like I go back to sleep, not even trying to think about it, but then I keep hearing it. And then I kind of peek through the blinds. And all of a sudden, there's like one guy just like very close to the window, just like awkwardly waving. And then there's like. I've already fainted and died, by the way. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know how this is still going. I'm already dead. Yeah, pretty much. And then there's like four other people waiting on like the bottom step. And then they're just like kind of waving towards like the door for me to open. I'm just like, 
I don't know who these people are. This is how I'm going to get murdered. <laughs> They're so right. I'm going to die. Let's open the door. Before your Oskis too. So then you I didn't just, even make it. I just take my time, like shuffle to the door. And then like, I d- don't even open it fully. I just open it like a peak. So like they can't even like rush in and I'm just like, Hello, (laughs) just very awkwardly, and I guess I didn't really speak English, and they're just like, "Key not working," and I was like, "Who are you?" He's like, "Oh, we're downstairs," and I was like, "Okay," and I didn't even say anything. I just let them go downstairs. (laughs) Just no vetting process, nothing. You're the first to die. Yeah, pretty much. First to go because like they had the same key, but I don't know what the hell was happening with the door. I don't know if it's just because like it was just like falling apart or something like that. I don't know if the key was bent or something. But they must they must be trustworthy. They didn't speak English. They knocked on the window. Sure, (laughs) let them in. Yeah, so they're just like, oh, like we're downstairs, and like we knew that there was like other guests in the house as well. There was like a family right beside us, like on the main floor, and then there was like uh, people in the basement. We saw like their bags were there, but we just never saw them in person. So if you screamed, people would know. Yeah. So you were kind of safe. We were so you guys literally range. set me to die. Well, actually, I was wait, not you there. Excuse there. Me. I'm going to turn to you. You almost <laughs> let me die. We were in we were in screaming range. Yeah. <laughs> he would have heard you. This is like every story I ever tell Mark from when I was in my early 20s. At When I finished talking, he says to me, and that's how girls, that's die. How girls die. Yeah. yeah. I was like too it. tired to not even think about anything. I was like, yeah. Tell, tell them the story about uh, the coworker that did their uh, exams twice. Oh, okay. So I know this one. Yeah. Um, so also a fellow alumni, a fellow classmate. We have to get back to that talking about how we ended up t- converting the clinic now into yeah, like student clinic that's, 2.0. That's wild. Um, he anyways, he was like so sure that he didn't pass his Oscar or MCQ. I can't remember which one. So it's one of them. Take your pick. Mm. Um, so he was so sure that he didn't pass it that he booked his second one and he wrote it. Or did it? Now the funny thing is, he only found out his grades of the Oscar MCQ after he did both of them. So he went through it, paid for it twice, and passed both times. What? <laughs> he was. Why so, would you do that? I was so sure he failed, and I was like, oh, "Okay, so you found out and like rebooked." He's like, "No, no, no, no. I booked then and there, and then I wrote it before I found out." I didn't even think he was gonna. I, I know he'll probably listen to this, but it's not a surprise. I didn't even think he was gonna pass school, but he ended up. Passing school, good for him. This I don't guy's know just how full he of surprises. Being able to register for his Oski twice. Yeah, how can you? If you, how does that fucking even work? He found the glitch. <laughs> he is the glitch. He is the glitch. We are <laughs> in the matrix. Unbelievable. It's just that's a that's fucked up. That's really fucked up. Yeah, and, and he was able to do it twice and passed both times, which is great because we know people who unfortunately didn't make it, and it's it is it's a tough thing. So for him to go through it twice and both times being different. And him getting through. Would you put yourself through that kind of hell, though? I don't. Oh I'm still you stuck on like him. a like like from a CMTO standpoint. How this even happened? How can someone write their exam not not know what they got? The exam appears to be never processed, and they have the ability to register and take it again. Like that to me. This seems was like also really during the clusterfuck up. of people getting charged multiple times, and yeah, this mm-hmm. is during COVID. That's but crazy. I mean, CMTO, you might want to look into that's that if a you're regu- listening. That's a healthcare regulatory body. Are you joking me? That's Mickey Mouse action right there. That's insane. Are you surprised? I am a little surprised. I don't know if I should be, but I'm I am saying, a little I'm surprised. Not surprised. Really? I'm not that surprised. <laughs> I mean, my expectations are pretty low, though. What 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 made your expectations that, of the college? Um, or just in general <laughs> of the college? What puts that in your mind that well, the expectation is low? Is that coming from? Like it, your, it, your it school kind of, is that it coming kind from? It kind of builded up. Okay. Like yeah, the school like 
um, not really our school. They never really trashed the CMT or anything like that. They were very supportive. Okay. Um, being a student and seeing that like our registration cost creeping up. Right. Also, the OSCE exam cost creeping up and being like, well, why? Gotcha. I would like to know. I'd like a breakdown. Um, so for me, already doing like having done university, that's not cheap. Uh, looking at this, I'm like, this is a lot. And then looking at what chiropractors have to do for registration, like how much they're paying, nurses, things like that. People who can diagnose, which we technically can't. And we're paying more than them. It just didn't make sense. Um, then other things were happening. Their associations. Oh, yeah. The associations, things like that. Um but the biggest one was probably that in the new code of ethics or the standards of practice where they said if you guys did a whole segment on it, if they deem we do something that, yeah, that, that just, I was with you on that one. I was like, it's a gray zone. You can't just control people like that and threaten something that they have professionally for nothing. So that that brought the expectation pretty low. See, I never thought of it when we did the episode where we had um, Nicole and Heather, Nicole and Heather, and we were talking about the quality assurance program. I'm stoned. I forgot what the fuck I was even saying. <laughs> right. Cool. What, what was I saying? What were we talking about? What was you got thing? nowhere. That time we did the episode with Nicole and Heather. Okay. But what were you saying right before that? Uh, we were talking about oh, the fuck. new like code of ethics or standard of practice. Right, 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 right. Where they're Okay. Yeah. So I never. Basically. Unbelievable. I never. <laughs> Some good stuff you got. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of it a certain I never thought of it the way Nicole explained it because Nicole has been on a lot of committees, I guess, or council member at the college. And she's like, you're sitting there and you're, you're in the quality assurance committee or you're, you're an ICRC inquiries, report, inquiries, complaints, reports committee. And you see a complaint come in, you see all this stuff come in and you're like, fuck, like there's, we know that this therapist is not doing shit the way they're supposed to, but they're not doing anything that is really against standard. There is no any particular standards that we can say this is in contravention of. There is no particular, you know, sections of the RHPA or the M- the MTA that we can say mm, you're in contravention of that. But this whole thing is just muddied up and it just doesn't feel right. And so she was saying like with these types of moves, making them part of the standards of practice, that was one of the comments that where I was like, these standards of practice don't feel standards of practice. They feel very code of ethics like and she's like well that's part of what they're probably trying to do find a way where they can actually when when we have these kind of sort of sticky gray zones that are muddied up that we can say okay now that's against standard right i don't think it's right at all but i've never thought of it that way and that kind of cleared it up for me a little bit because before i was like i don't fucking get it at least now i kind of get it i don't agree with it but i get it yeah and And then there's me over here miss naive mini mouse that i'm like it will never affect me. It's fine. Everything's fine. They're not really going to ever do anything about that. Do, do, do. <laughs> My first thought was like, what if I run like a red light and I have to like self-report that? Because, <laughs> you know, we first got out of school and there is that self-reporting thing. And I think we actually had a discussion about that. We're like, do we self-report everything? Like, what is it? Yeah, I remember this was also right after we were listening to the episode because you had multiple guests talking about like the new Code of Ethics document. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Honestly, there was just a lot of like talking back and forth being like, I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, we, were, we were just more in the gray zone. I mean, we're fresh. We're new. We're naive. We don't know. But also at the <laughs> same time, it's one of those things like, okay, like now that you are kind of like having some experience out in the practice and stuff, you do have your own ethics and um, 
reading that document, there were some things I was just like, this doesn't even make sense, even just from like a grammatical point of view. And this is like a draft. I'm like, you know, when you're ever like reading something and you have to go back, it's like, oh shit, I actually forgot to read that. I don't even know what I looked at. It was like one of those, like I looked at the document multiple times and there was like some things I was like, I don't even know what you're trying to say. So like I would sometimes like message her and be like, did you read this? At least you read the stuff. I know so many people and they've been therapists for fucking ever and they don't read a fucking thing. I have therapists still calling me saying, when is the CU cycle over and uh-huh. how do I get my 30 credits? Yep. Like, oh I, st- I still get that. I probably got one of those phone calls last week. Right? And I'm like, I field these, emails these literally like every couple of weeks of someone saying, how many CEUs is this worth? And I'm like, I don't know how to talk to you. You'd already tuned out at that point. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know how to have a conversation with you. Well, somebody sent an email last week that's um, literally it just like there was no subject line, nothing. It just said, I want to take this course. I didn't respond. I was like, what I don't. What did it say? I won't want to take. Well, this I think course. it was just a typo. Okay. Like I joked because <laughs> I, I was like, was not only odd, does it not say I won't. Email. Yeah, I didn't I say I want to take this. No, course. it said I won't. I want to take this course, okay, okay. but I'm like, obviously that was a typo. I meant I want to take, but I was like, am I supposed to know what course? Like we've got like 19 courses on our course calendar. Like, am I supposed to know what you're talking about? Like, I'm just going to leave this. They can, they can reach out again if they want to give me more information. <laughs> like, How to write an email 101. So technically, Mel, we didn't get a juicy story from you because you almost dying was actually before you were RMT. (laughs) And um, it's a little bit your fault. It it is. Honestly, I did not care. I was just like, let this like night be over. I just want to like not be like, yeah, that. And also, I just don't want to be thinking about like the impending doom for the Oscar, which actually like it wasn't even bad. It wasn't even bad. See? It was actually like very easy, not going to lie. So I want to hear a story now that you're working in. In, uh, student clinic 2.0 there's got to be something <laughs> student clinic fun. Getting paid. it's one of those things which story will you oh pick? my god i don't so know wait, how many people from your school work there in your well, class it's four four wait no you were the first I, one two actually four, yeah there's four so here's actually what ended up happening so right after i had done my interview yeah. uh the clinic owner had said oh there's going to be another therapist working with you so you'll probably work very similar shifts and you'll get to meet them soon having no idea it was my colleague and actually i found from an instagram photo because there actually was a patient who actually did a lot of um uh paintings and originally was because we had a yoga studio so there was a lot of like watercolor paintings and stuff like that and all of a sudden i see that she had a picture of like the table with the photo with the the painting in the background like i've seen this and then all of a sudden i go into work i'm like you you (laughs) we got so excited like to see each other um so we were working for a month and then covid happened and stuff like that when we got back to work that's when anastasia uh, then join the club. So then it got to three. And then there's also actually two other alumni, not from our semester, but previous semesters. And then there is the fourth edition of the person that we just talked about with the whole double exams. Yeah, double, double exam situation. So right now it's four from our current semester and then two alumni from our oh, wow. school. So now we just run the clinic. That's a fun go. That is fun. I feel so left out. Do you it's not? Very you, like, you you I know. Joined. Like Rico looks so sad over there. He's like, I don't work you there. Join. You can't sit with us. <laughs> to, to all of our fellow classmates listening, you can join us. You can drink the Kool Aid. We have snacks. <laughs> That's just my argument for everything. I have snacks. I mean, as somebody who gets hangry very easily, I appreciate that. Do you want that chaos though at work? Do you want to deal with me? Do you constantly? want that chaos? I don't, I don't do you know. want to dance in the hallways? Yeah, I'm, pretty happy. I'm pretty happy where I am. Yeah. Do you twerking with the fridge. It's like a small team. It's good. It's humping yeah. the fridge. Right. We're humping the fridge, twerking in the hallway. Juicy what was story. I 
juicy story. We yeah, did I want a down. juicy story. Oh, I have like a big laundry list. I don't know why all the weird clients love to come my way. I don't know why. They just gravitate towards me. I radiate crackhead energy minus the crack. <laughs> so head energy? People can't see Mel's going bright red. I feel like Anastasia and I should be offended by that. <laughs> We're definitely lighter than you. <laughs> True. I was like, let's compare right now. You guys, you guys can't see. But <laughs> there's two juicy stories that come to mind. The first one is actually a client that originally made me uncomfortable, but then I kind of broke them down a little bit. <laughs> Not like in a bad way, but this was someone who had an arrogance about them coming into the clinic because Sadly, this is like very controversial, especially in like times regarding police brutality and everything because they are a police officer. So this particular client, let's call him Johnny Bravo because that's what he looks like. From Ooh, Johnny Bravo. Want to see me call here really fast? Johnny Bravo? <laughs> that Johnny Bravo? Is that what you're talking yeah. yeah, like the cartoon because literally that's what he looks like. Like really? big bodybuilder, like shaped like an upside down <laughs> Dorito, blonde hair. Every time he comes in, does everyone- he sound like Elvis and all he wants to do is pick up chicks? <laughs> well, he does have like a very deep voice, but like- <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> but let's just call him that. <laughs> just to like, kind of paint a picture of what this guy looks like. Every time he comes in, everyone's like, oh my God, like how do you actually treat this guy? He's like two of two and a half of me. But the first time I met him, he came into the clinic um, and originally he was seeing another therapist who at one point was no longer working at the clinic um, and and actually had left the country. So he had uh, come to me. He was asking me if I could uh, treat his uh, glutes, pecs and his back. And he really wanted deep pressure. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And just being professional. I talked about the special consent, talking about, okay, because, you know, pecs and glutes are a sensitive area. I just have to have you sign the special consent. And he's like, the what? Like, I don't think that's going to be necessary. So and I'm many like, clients are weird about that, I feel like. Yeah. But go on, go on. Oh, yeah. it's okay. Um, I don't really understand. Yeah. So as I'm doing like the consent spiel for special consent, right away he's interrupting me. And I'm like, this already gets under my skin. Like, don't interrupt me. Uh, two, he's waving it off. And I'm like, this is like a protocol that's by my college just to ensure your safety and that this is not to be misconstrued as sexual assault or anything like that. He's like, well, I've never had to do it before. And I'm just saying to myself, like, You've been here a few times already, and the special consent was active when we were in school, so around 2017, 2018. I'm looking at his file. Either way, the point is he would have been in and should have signed it, right? Yeah, but then I realized the other therapist that was treating him, that again was no longer at the clinic and out of the country, never brought up special consent, never brought up the form, never talked about it or anything. So this guy was oblivious. Mm. And then also he was trying to say, well, my other therapist never treats with sheets. And I'm just thinking to myself, come again, excuse me. (laughs) And I'm just thinking for a second, do you think that this is a rub and tug and you're really just trying to get like a rise out of me? Is and that see what you I'm... said to him? No, I didn't say oh, that. But I'm like okay. thinking this in like the back of my head because he's asking very questions. That sounds like an interrogation. And then I just turn into very professional. Like you can tell like the room kind of shifted a little bit. And I said, we have to have sheets to establish like boundaries. This is part of our draping protocols for our practice. I'm sorry if this is not what the other therapist was doing. This is how I run my practice. If you don't like it, you're more than happy to go somewhere else. And I did like lay that out. And then uh, after like kind of, you know, breaking him down a little bit in regards to not having him interrupt me and telling me what to do, essentially, when I was going to go treat him, he had nothing on, like nothing. So originally his motive possibly was that he wanted to be treated with absolutely nothing. 
Mm, everything yeah. out. Why'd you do such big gestures? Because I'm thinking Johnny Bravo. I'm thinking steroid use. I'm thinking small gestures. Yeah, sure. <laughs> small gestures. <laughs> Can you please say you, you want to see me cut my hair really fast? Really, really fast. <laughs> yeah. But I had told the receptionist, I was like, this guy is making me a little bit uncomfortable. I think he's nodding at something else. And I said, I just, I'm going to keep this in his file. I said, just be mindful of him when he comes out, if he acts weird with you. So I had just let him know because our receptionists, honestly, they really have our back all the time. So they say, if anyone ever makes you feel weird, please just let us know because there have been incidences that there have been some uh, clients that have uh, started a lot of issues and the receptionists are very good with helping us get people out of there and stuff like that. So as a new therapist, I was like, I'm going to cover all my boundaries. In my soap notes, I uh, had a giant essay saying this guy was suggesting not using sheets to treat completely naked um, the other therapist was not uh, using or they're not talking about special consent and stuff. So I just really wanted to cover my back because it was a bit uncomfortable. But then this person started to warm up to me. It's like, oh, I like the way you treat and stuff like that. And then after a while, they just slowly started to become a regular, realizing that maybe the other therapist was not following their standards of practice. Well, I would say so. They were naked. There's definitely got to be something against treating somebody completely naked. <laughs> and, and this is a thing like this is something I need to like make very clear for any therapist, especially new ones. And um, a few of our teachers had mentioned this. Don't let anyone shit on your face just because you're a new therapist. Don't tell people say, well, my other therapist did. Well, well, if you like him so much, go stay with them. And then don't tell me how to to like tell me what my practice is. Because at this point, like, no offense, like. You having a badge has nothing to do with the way my practice runs. I'm sorry. Like, you cannot use the fact that you're a police officer to do whatever you want. I think she needs a standing ovation now. You seemed really passive before, but now I like I like this, Mel. And Put them the in other, their fucking the other, place. The other piece of advice <laughs> is just don't let anyone shit on your face, period. Pretty much. It's unsanitary. It's a bad fucking move right there. But, like, I was already, like, it was very annoying because it's, like, one, they were already asking me, like, oh, like, are you a new therapist? You must be new and stuff like that. I'm like, don't try to pull this stuff on me. Like, I hear this too many times and it's really freaking frustrating. I remember you had, like, Nikki on your podcast. I love her, by the way, because, like, honestly, she just, like, I don't know, for whatever reason, she just brings out, like, this sassy side of me coming, like, when we talk She's about super anything sassy. about the practice. Like, Nikki, if you're listening, can we be friends? I'll bring snacks. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, honestly, I... If you like cats, you're in. I like cats and dogs, so that's fine. There you go. <laughs> but, yeah, like, even, like, the way she had the attitude, especially being, like, a female therapist and stuff like that, don't, like, any don't let anyone shit on your face. Have that, like, strong attitude going forward. And especially being, like, a new therapist. <laughs> I feel him. like you're everyone's just being, like... <laughs> like, a lot of people are too passive, very people-pleasing. Like, you know, I want to get my clients and stuff like that. But I'm like... Just because I'm a new therapist doesn't mean you get to like boss me around. It's not like I'm completely oblivious. Like I got here for a reason because I know my stuff. Like don't push me into a corner. Nobody Period. puts baby in a corner. Hell no. And then the other one that came to that's, mind. And that's not even just new therapists that go through that though. There are therapists that have been around for a long time that just oh, like, I've had that. this is just where I work and this is what it's like and this is probably what the rest of the career is like everywhere else and blah, blah, blah. So I'm just going to stay here. It happens all the time. Yeah. Well, I've had people come in and try to push me around definitely and not even when I was new. Yeah. There was one woman at uh, the last clinic that I was at before Mark and I decided that we weren't going to work for anybody else anymore. And this woman comes in and I don't know, maybe she woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Maybe this was just her general attitude towards people all the time. But she was just 
crusty. Everything about her was crusty. Like she comes in and she's telling me like, don't do this. Don't do this. Um, I don't like this type of music. What kind of lotion do you have? Like she was just, everything was crusty. And I'm like, I think in the early stages of my career, I would have tried to be like, oh, here's this. And that, you know, like trying to make her happy and comfortable and, you know, try to get this new client. At this point, I was like, if I never have to see your crusty face again, I'll be okay. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm not going to try to be nice to you in any way. I'm going to run my practice here, how I run my practice. And I just kind of established that like, no, I'm the boss of this room and this is what's happening. Okay. What are your complaints? Okay. 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 This is what we're going to do. And literally by the end of the treatment, she was sweet as pie with me. Like, oh, we're friends now. And she kept coming back every week. She's like, I like you. (laughs) Do you think it's just because she didn't realize that it's really not her place to do that? Like maybe she's seen a whole bunch of other therapists and she goes and they're like, I want this. I do this with the music. Do this with the lights. Blah, blah, blah. Touch my foot here. All that kind of shit. And people just do it. So she's like, this is this is the way it's supposed to be. And then she runs into someone that says it's not always like this. See, but it wasn't it wasn't just like the demands, because when it comes to the demands, if someone says, like, I like this particular type of music, they're the client. I'm going to be like, okay, no problem. And I'll, if I have that, I'll play that. It was more just like, she would just seem grumpy. Like everything about her seemed grumpy. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to do my job. And by the end of this, if I've done a good job, you will be less grumpy, but you're not going to tell me what to do. And then she really loved me and mm. came back multiple times. Mm. And then I realized she's actually just a very grumpy person, but I was on her good side then. So I didn't get the crustiness. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people that come in are like, I, I want uh, I want you to work on this and do that. I want you to work on this and do that. And then uh, sometimes if you have suggestions of, I think this will be good or I think we should do that, then a lot of people will like not be receptive to that. So I, I feel like I like kind of comply a little bit with exactly what they want. And then if they come in the next time and the next time, then I kind of get in there and it's like, well, you know, maybe we should do this today or you know maybe we should try that and then they're a little bit more receptive then so it's like kind of like you know getting what they want out of the way and then slowly suggest i'll slowly suggest like other things it's like such a fucking fine dance yeah like a dance it's insane this is a dance i'm good at not very coordinated in a stage but this is a dance i'm good at this is so i could do this it is such a fine dance between like service and yeah. and this and this this kind of medical type of thing mm-hmm. it's like the weirdest fucking go it's the weirdest go does your dentist fucking feel like they got to wine yeah, and right? dine you a little bit no Probably exactly not it's but just this a weird is thing. this is a skill like when we had pam on and we were talking about the soft skills that you don't really get taught when you're in school this is a personality thing this is something you can absolutely learn but it's all about understanding people and making the connections and building these therapeutic relationships and a establishing in, you know, an assertive but you know friendly way that I'm the fucking boss here and I'm going to make you better because I know what I'm doing and you're just going to do what I tell you to do because I'm saying it with a smile. <laughs> like there's a few people uh like a couple times in treatment it's like, "Oh, do you want to I, I think we should end like, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes early." And then I can show you some stuff that will really help with like your neck pain or your chest pain or whatever, right? And 
And they're always like, no, no, I don't want to do that. They just want the massage. Guess what? Don't tell them you're going to end 10, 15 minutes early because the stretches are part of their therapy. Yeah. So at that point, you say, okay, I'm going to leave the room and go wash my hands now. You get dressed because we got to do some stretches. And then when you leave, turn the clock around. There's <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. a trick for you. When I you actually leave, did turn that. The clock around. I did that to a client. I kept noticing that they just, nice person, lovely person. Watching no the clock. Watching the clock. And I'm like, you came in for relaxation. You're not relaxing. So what did I do? I grabbed the clock and I took it with me. One, to make sure that I ended on time because they were always worried about that. So I made sure I ended right on time, down to the second because I'm petty that way. Um, and I took the clock with me. I haven't seen that client since. I think it's because I called him out. But mm. yeah, totally did that to them. I don't know why, but in my head, I when you say you took the clock, because I know you use your phone. My dumbass envisioned you just like ripping a clock out of the like, wall and just taking wall. with me. Like, are you that petty? Because like my room has like the I clock. would, <laughs> I would, I would, I would flip it around and you just go yeet because I had to hit the other clock that I have on the desk because we talked about time management. Not my strong suit. I have three clocks. <laughs> Keep me on track. But you guys can see my treatment room. My clock is only where I can see it, not where they can see it. Ah, beautiful. Because I've done that before with clients that, that I know, like, I'm going to do something with you after this, but I know if I say, like, I'm going to end it early. So that's exactly what I do. I don't say anything. I'm like, I'm just going to leave you wash your hands. You get changed. And I, I'll spin the clock. I'm like, that way you're not even thinking, like, what the fuck? This guy stopped massaging me at this time to, to show me stretches? Like, no, this is all part of it. Then I don't want you to even think about it. It's all part of it. Do you feel like that does happen a like a lot because like the lines are blurred with our profession regards to like service and medical, like depending where you work, you yeah. know what I mean? Like a spa versus like a multidisciplinary clinic, etc. I was laughing before because there was this particular client. I should have said this one first, to be honest. This was one that really sticks in my head because this person emailed the clinic specifically with a list of stuff that he wanted for his massage. So it said like, dear so-and-so, as per my last email, which we all know means you can't read my other one, so like F you, <laughs> means <laughs> like he just basically listed like, as per my last email, I think this would be more beneficial for my uh, future massages. This was a client that I had- What would be more beneficial? You got me on the edge of the seat here. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> I'm, I don't know why I'm getting so distracted. I think it's because like we went to Tim's and like have too much sugar right now. But I was saying, I think this would be beneficial if we add this for my next treatment. So he said like exactly 12 minutes on my right arm. <laughs> Belinda's six minute, clients. Six minutes on my feet. 10 minutes on my back. And this goes to like the, the, the clinic, like the office administrator at the yeah. clinic. This was emailed to the clinic and then it was CC'd with the other therapists as well mm -hmm. by their like uh, professional email. <laughs> and, it's written in his uh, file. Yeah. And the thing is that the other therapist that had treated him was right beside my room. And then I go to her. I was like, hey, we're in circle of care. I have to ask you something. Did this particular client have like a list of demands for the treatments? Like, who is this? And then like... I had said, I have a client that is asking for specific amounts of time for their uh, their treatment. They just stare at me like, I forgot this person existed until you told me because <laughs> he doesn't come in very often. But he, it was very odd numbers, like 12 minutes for specifically <laughs> this arm, six minutes yeah. for feet, 10 minutes for back. We and have heard this story before, except the person <laughs> went in with a, a physical paper. And so the therapist, because also petty, uh, decided to hold the paper through the treatment. So between each technique, so it was like, okay, whatever, six minutes on my anterior thigh. So she would do the six minutes and she'd pick up the paper, make sure she ruffled it around a bit so you could hear. She's like, okay, 
what's next? <laughs> Two minutes on your feet. Okay, no problem. And then she'd pick up the paper again. I love it. That's so strange. Right? It gets better. So as I it's was the same guy. It is. It's gotta I, be. Maybe. So as I was treating this person, he said, I don't want to fall asleep because I want to make sure that you're treating on the right body parts for the exact amount of time. So what are you supposed to do? Like you keep ringing a, a bell? <laughs> Wake <while>. up. <laughs> Pretty hey, much. Bro. And it was like, again, it feels like I'm petting a cat. Very, like the lightest of pressure. And he's like, I demand to not be turned over if you have to work on my neck. And I'm like, well, it's not safe for you for me to treat you face down and do neck work. So either I'm going to turn you over or this is going to be a health issue now. Did you give him a talking to? Because I treated him actually kind of recently and I had no problem. I saw the I saw the list. Because I had a times. talking with him after because it was almost like he, I think he was used to getting his way at multiple clinics and I was a therapist. And I was like, I'm sorry, but like one, that's not safe. Two, like you may think that this is beneficial, but from what I'm treating, like I'm just obviously having your best interests at heart. And I think this would be a little bit more beneficial than some of the suggestions that you gave. Well, whatever you did, because I had no problem with him. He said, whatever, whatever you think to me, I, I could do whatever pressure I wanted. He even deeper pressure, which is kind of what I just basically do. Um, no, like making sure working on the right area. He just said, I just don't want to fall asleep because he just didn't want to fall asleep. That's all he said. I We talked the whole time. I had no problems with this guy. But I'm also a tall person. I wonder if I just intimidate Maybe them. you did versus like little old me and then just like sees you. And then I'm like, I'm not taking your shit. <laughs> I don't know. But it's just like it left a very bad taste in my mouth because I'm just like, you've been like doing this for like quite a while, just getting your way. And it's like, realistically you're not getting any benefit from this. And also at the same time, it's not like in this situation, the customer's not always right at this point because we do have that skill set to like do assessments. We have that skill set to like palpate and understand that stuff. And like you just asking to be pet like a cat and then like asking for a specific amount of time and stuff. I'm like, this is not good use of your time. And I just like, I did talk to them about it because they were, I even like went through like the health history. I'm like, do you happen to have like, you know, fibromyalgia or any other chronic pain conditions that like prevent you from like wanting deeper pressure. Like, no, I just find it very relaxing. And then I'm just thinking like, okay, maybe you're just very particular. I'm thinking this in like the back of my head. Obviously I'm not saying this, but it's just like, I feel like I, as a therapist and having my client's best interest at heart, I felt like I had to say something just because it's just, it's very strange. It's very, one, it's very strange. And like, two, you're really not getting anything from this. Because like, hey, maybe if I have to spend more time on your back, why should I have this exact amount of time treating these areas? Six minutes. I was like, six <laughs> minutes does like nothing. I'm just like swoosh doing my effleurage. It's like, okay, next body part. But like, But have yeah. you like, have, so you have that list and you have that person come in. Um, what if you just did what you wanted to do anyways? Would they know? I had no problem, but you know. <laughs> How would they know? How would that? How are they going to know? How will they know? <laughs> I don't know. I would have that discussion of like, dude, this is this is not going to be of any benefit. But at the end of the day, if, if this is the touch you want of no benefit, then cool. It's, I'm cool to rock. Because I had someone do that to me all the time. She would come in. She would roll in seven minutes late for a half hour treatment, a full body treatment that happens in half hour. I'm anterior, posterior, upper, lower limbs, back, head, neck, shoulders, feet, all in half hour. And I'm like, there's no benefit to any, like, if, exactly. And, and, but then she's like, 
I'm okay with that. I'm yeah, like, as long if you're okay with that, then I'm okay with it. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, let's let's do this. Let's do this half hour full body. Yeah, like it's not like I'm telling them off, but I'm saying nicely, like you know, like this is just from my professional opinion. I think this is what would be a good with good for you in your circumstance after doing some assessments or whatever. Like, are you okay with that? And it's not like they were like necessarily resisting me, but I think it's just because they weren't used to someone calling them out on it. That they were like, I felt like maybe I did put them a little bit in a corner, but I was like, you know what? It's a, a bit necessary. In this situation, I think it is a little bit necessary. So I'm with Mark in that it is a fine dance. Like there's people who come in and I had this client as well who wanted a half hour full body and I didn't find that it, I was getting anywhere with her because we would do half hour and she wanted every single body part worked. Like you said, feet, fate, like everything, everything, like in 30 minutes. But I had the talk with her. Treatment planning is collaborative, right? So I will tell you what I think and what I think we should do. But ultimately, I'm going to work with what you want. But in the scenario where you're breaking it down by time, that's where I'm like, well, that's demeaning. And I'm a Mm -hmm. professional and you're not going to time me. You want me to treat these specific body parts? Sure. Yeah, exactly. Six minutes on this area, four minutes on this area. I'm not doing that. Exactly. If I wanted to be timed, I'd rather do an OP. I just want to know, how did he come up with that? Did he, did someone do like seven minutes? He's like, no, 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 one minute too fucking long. <laughs> that was just I liked a little it. too I liked much. It at fucking six. Like, how do you how do you decide? Like six minutes, seven four minutes minute <laughs> abs. <laughs> uh, uh, not six, seven. Not six. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's some fuck. I'm I am so lucky. If any of my clients are listening to this, I mean, I really hope they're not because then they might know me a little too well. But <laughs> I have the best fucking people, man. Like I don't encounter most of this crazy. I just don't. I haven't really encountered anything crazy like that either. I don't. Think. Do you Do you think crazy just you know pulls in crazy though? It just it just follows her. So you're saying? <laughs> well, yeah. I'm I'm her friend, so I mean something. <laughs> I'll pass them to you. <laughs> they don't mess with me. I never have a problem. Maybe How tall are I... you, Anastasia? I'm five ten and a half, but then I wear Doc Martens at work, so it gives me an extra an inch. Yeah, because I was gonna say she's I taller than I am. I'm tall. I, I do a lot of weight trainers and stuff, so we always talk about stuff like that. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe I have to crack them down before they see you, so I, you have to deal with less. I bit. just want to get ripped, and then when people <laughs> look at me, they just get scared. Oh my god, thing that we were saying in the car. Oh, with with joining a clinic, changing my name to Olga because I am part Russian. Where I am learning <laughs> Russian and work on my Russian accent. When they come in, the clinic has to be in on the joke um, and be like, I fix you. If it hurts, <laughs> scream. <laughs> Go on table, okay? I fix just, just now. Be like this big menacing person and just like, I'll get a very specific type of clientele. I, I can kind of think that. <laughs> we have another juicy story. Okay, so this was um, a client who is actually not too much older than me. I'd probably say like two or three years older. I'm not going to lie. He sounds like the typical Toronto man, like worships Drake. Yo, Drake's the sixth god femme. I don't even remember his voice, so. <laughs> and he's one of those, when you walk in, he looks like the typical Toronto man, like the big, like, you know, the, oh my God, what is it, the igloo jackets? With the mask. Yeah, like the igloo jackets. He's got like the Drake fade. He has OVO gear and stuff like that. So right away, he starts fishing for stuff. He's like, so how long have you been working here? It's like, oh, just like a few months. He's like, right, right, right. He's like, how old are you? It's like, I just turned 22. Right, right, right. He's like, do you got a boyfriend? And I was like, just very delayed pause. I'm like, I don't know if I should answer this question. Yeah, this is a- uh, They don't prepare you for you. this. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'd prefer not to say, I would prefer not to say, but why are you asking me? And he's like, hey, like, can I have your number? I think you're cute. And I'm just like, 
sorry, that's not allowed and I can actually lose my job. So I would prefer we just change subjects. And he's like, are you treating during this time or I'm treating him? He's face down. So I can't see his face. But even as he's saying, right, right. I can see him like just nodding his head in like the face cradle. So I professionally turned this person down. And I also had explained like, you know, like I can't date clients and like the whole like year situation. Like you have to like we can't date our clients within a certain amount of x amount of time blah blah blah. but i was very professional and right before this guy had seen any of the other female therapists i'm just going to emphasize that i had left a very detailed note of what he had said because he had tried to bring it up again during the treatment and i said no because of like you know all the regulations just to sound professional and just sound a little bit like a smart can i ask you a question in those moments you know what's happening you obviously i'm sitting here listening to the story i know what's coming next Mm mm-hmm why not just say like, yeah, I'm married. And then that, hopefully it's done. That might be done. With, or fuck, sorry, man, I'm into chicks. I'm not into dudes. You're shit out of luck. And then call it a day, right? Versus doing the whole dance of I'm not allowed to blah, 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 blah. Because you know, to that almost can sound like to someone on the table implying like, well, if you were allowed to, like, would this be a thing? Right? I don't know, though. I feel like being more honest and turning them down in the professional way like Mel did yeah. is just letting them know, like, don't fucking hit on your RMTs, okay? We're not going to date you. Okay. And, you know, you... It, it, you don't even have to say like I'm married or I'm not into guys or whatever. Like sure. it, it's like she's it's none of his business. I understand. Like my relationship status is none of your business, regardless if I'm single or not single or whatever. This is never going to happen. This is a professional relationship. I'm your therapist. You're my client. Not going to happen. So how come you go that route though? Just out of curiosity, like why do you why why do you turn it into the education moment and potentially make it super awkward versus the let me just try to pivot this way and it, it's it's got to die down because after if you're I pivot. if you're the dude that's on the table face down and hitting on your therapist, you're also the dude because you've watched it happen to me that I can say I'm married, I can be wearing a wedding ring. That just matter. makes it all the more exciting. They don't give a shit. Yeah, okay. and, true, and that is true. And I, for me personally, I can't speak for every female on the face of the earth, but almost in those situations, I I'm kind of just more in like shock. Like I don't. I don't expect it to happen or anything like that. And mm-hmm. so my default is, what do I know? And that's the code of ethics. That's that's what the thing is. So when he ended up asking me... Actually, it was another client... Well, sorry, excuse me, another coworker first who was married. But she was married. She told him, yeah. didn't go anywhere. Then it went to Then you. it went to me... And he was explaining. So you educating him obviously did nothing. No, he did not get much. educated. He did not do very much. Um, he got educated with me. That's for sure. Uh, because it was like midway through the treatment too. Because I saw your note and I'm like, oh, it's this guy. I'm was, waiting for it. Was that his last treatment with you? Um, yeah. And then he had immediately gone to another therapist. So yeah. what he was doing, he was basically treating this like Tinder. Like, hey, yeah, let's yeah, go yeah. to the next one. Because so he, he was did this moving. three times. Right, right, and I'm like, gotcha. okay, like a bunch of people have already told you no. Like, I don't understand. Like, what are you not understanding? Well, and that's when it was like mid-treatment too, because at least with you and the other one, I believe it was closer to the beginning with mine. It was like he waited mid-treatment. Uh-huh. Um, and so I was like, uh, well, we don't really do that, the professional thing. And then I went into detail on how it's like, and then if you did want to proceed, this is all the stuff we would need to do. And it's in terms of written documentation of terminating the professional relationship then waiting a year before i just went before contacting each other period before you can even potentially even date someone he's like oh you can't even text them like in that year and i just went nope (laughs) 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 
was like, you got to wait a year. And he's like, wow, you got to be like, you, you got to really know and you got to really want it. I was like, yeah. Because, yeah, we went through this like back and forth because I thought I had talked about the time, but he was like, I think asking as well. Um, oh, yeah, he was asking. It's like, so I can't get your number. I can't like call you or anything or like get it through the clinic. I'm like, nope. And then I had just changed the subject. Just distract. That's creepy. Get it through the clinic. Because like we have the um, like we have the phone number at like on the business cards and stuff like that. Yeah, and like it's you not can, our phone number. Yeah, it's not our phone number. But it's like who knows if they say, "Hey, I want to see Mel," or whatever, or try to book with me. Because that has happened to another therapist that there was actually um, a particular patient who actually booked with a therapist. And actually, I should probably put a trigger warning just ahead of time just because this is like a little bit explicit uh this was a story actually one of our coworkers had talked to me about um there was a patient that had came in he had booked with a particular girl she was actually kind of known as the pretty girl like you know the one that wears like the cute like yoga outfits um like always like does her makeup and everything so just kind of was like the pretty one meanwhile we're all like in scrubs and stuffs i don't know i've never met this one she had left before i got hired but anyways this patient had booked with her during the massage whipped off the sheets started touching himself and then this therapist just froze and just watched and she just didn't do anything she was just frozen and then all of a sudden like she just ran out of the room started crying there was another therapist who had actually just uh, come in and was like get the f out you're not coming back here we're gonna call the cops if you think you can come back here don't ever book again kicked him out and she was just traumatized about it but then after a month later there was another receptionist who didn't know what this guy looked like because we had a description there was a note in like the booking system and stuff about what this guy looked like um this therapist didn't know what he looked like, wasn't informed of this particular patient. And then he was just waiting in the waiting room, sitting on the couch, just kind of like staring off into like distance, like not blinking. And then this therapist saw him again. Like it's, it's terrifying. Like the amount of like stuff that actually some female therapists have like gone through. So what's it like being a guy therapist? Uh, is it, is it relaxing? <laughs> but like I forgot to mention this guy had actually called in and said, I want to book with this particular therapist. Because he knew the name. He knew what time that she was going to be working. So it was one of those things like, I don't know what someone's going to do. Like, everything is out in the open. You can figure out, like, where I work just by, like, putting my name into, like, uh, the RMTO registry. Like, you can figure out exactly where I work. You can know, like, some information about me. And and it's so easy to find people, even for, like, dating. Like, but I'm it's, very it's scared. So, it's so easy to find people anywhere anyway. Um, don't go down that rabbit hole of, like, freaking yourself out. Most people are normal. Most people who go to a massage therapy clinic are looking for massage therapy. There's the random creepos. And usually, as Mark said, you know it. Like, you feel it. You get this feeling like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about you. And you're kind of on high alert. Yeah, of course, sometimes it does take you off guard. Like, anytime I've had anything weird happen, I'm like, whoa, was definitely not expecting that. But like, for example, I get random creepy texts sometimes. And when I say creepy, I just mean like guys that are, you know, one guy sent me like, the heart kissing face and was just like, can I come for a massage now? And I was like, it's 9.30 p.m. And who are you? Like who texts? And so I obviously knew what he was looking for. And uh, Mark's like, how do you respond to those things? I'm like, I don't really. I mean, I'm at the point now where I realize my photo and my phone number are on the internet. So 
Mm-hmm. Shit like that happens sometimes. I do want to ask because something we were talking about earlier made me think of this particular, like a particular story from my early days. And I wanted, maybe it was about us falling asleep. Um, oh, it was when you said the uh, the stupid shit. What, what did you say? Stupid things that RMTs do, the embarrassing stuff, whatever. Anyway. I don't remember what I called it. I wanted to know if any of you guys have stories of things you've done that like definitely maybe not proud of, but... You can you can admit it now because I have a I have a story of just something that I've never actually talked about. <laughs> you should go first. <laughs> it's actually it's actually not that bad. Um, you know, it was it was probably like a Friday or something. Like you know, as Marco says, like last client of the day, and I'm waiting for this client to show up. It was oh, it was a Saturday because I used to work every second Saturday when I first started out. So it was a Saturday, and it was like a two p.m. client, and she was late like really late. Like we're like pushing 15 minutes now and she's not, and she usually wasn't the client that was late. So I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. And I remember texting you, Mark, and I was like, how long do I give this lady? Like it's been 15 minutes. She's not here. I just want to go home. Like anyway, I think we even had plans that day. I was like, I just want to get out of here. And I was like, you know what? At the 15 minute mark, I'm done. Like I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. And got to the 15 minute mark. I started cleaning up. I locked the door, whatever. Literally like three minutes after the 15 minute mark, I heard her come up the stairs and try to open the door, but I had already locked it. Stayed in there locked. I, I hid. I hid. I was like, you know what? I've, I've already like mentally left. I literally hid behind the desk and I'm like, I'm not coming out until she goes away. And I didn't do the treatment. And so when I saw her the next time, I was like, oh, sorry, I left at the 15 minute mark. Yeah, totally hurt her come up the stairs and i hid behind the desk <laughs> how long were you hiding there for only a few minutes and she i even like so if you remember the the clinic yeah. you know they had that like uh frosted glass yep. so i could see her like as i was pe- i could see her standing outside of the door and i could see her with her phone it's like she's emailing me she's emailing me what if she's so calling like, you and then your phone starts ringing from inside it was with me no <laughs> if she called the clinic phone the clinic phone would ring whether right, i was there or not right no, but i was like phone. she's emailing me so i'm like holding my phone and I see the email come through. And I'm like, I'm not here. <laughs> How will they know? <laughs> they will never so know. So that's, yeah, that's the first time I've ever told that story. That was one thing that I've done that maybe was not the most ethical, not the most proud of. But yeah, I had mentally left and it was like 17 minutes past her appointment time. So I just pretended I wasn't there. I don't think I have any weird stories like that. I don't know. I not feel yet. Like, I feel like. I feel like I'm boring. I don't know. Or like my practice is boring. You have the safe practice. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good thing. Yeah, that is, is, is a good thing. I've had like uh, an older gentleman that uh, booked with me. And then when he came into the clinic, um, the first thing, very first thing he says to me, I wanted to book with one of the girls, but they were all booked. So <laughs> that, that's why I booked with you. <laughs> It was oh, like a, thank you. It's like you, he really felt like he needed to clarify that, like the only reason like, I don't, I don't really me, want you touching me. Exactly, dude. is because all of the females were booked, and then I was just like, "Okay, well, my name is Rico. Come on in." I just kind of like was oh, okay, and it was like he was referred by a doctor um, for like uh, sci- sciatic pain and stuff. So uh, I was like, we went through the whole special consent thing and I was saying like, you know, going to work into the glutes, beneficial because of this. Um, You can take off what you want, leave on what you want, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then he interrupted me. He's, oh, I'll definitely be leaving my boxers on. Like, okay, perfect. <laughs> we get it, sir. You don't want me touching your butt. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so like I did what I did. And then afterwards, and, and I said like, you know, I think you should come back 
this time, or we're going to do this next time, do these stretches and these exercises. And he's like, I don't think this is for me. I don't think this is for me. I'm just going to go back to my doctor and see what else I can do. I'm like, do you think, perfect. (laughs) Do you think if it wasn't called massage, that old dude wouldn't have a problem with it? But because it's called massage, he's like, fuck it. I don't want no fucking young man's hands on my body. This, This is not happening. I want you to be honest with me. Ready? Be honest with me. Be honest with me. Be honest with me. When you do not know what your massage therapist looks like and you see them for the first time, does it does it affect does it change anything about what you think about the massage? Like you you, you know, you can see I'm gonna say moment. yes. I've I've told this story before. When I walked into a clinic and I just booked with somebody, like I I knew it was a male therapist yeah. based on the name that I was told over the phone. And when I walked in and this guy comes out and he's like six three and looks like he played football, I was like, fuck yeah! Like I'm gonna get the best <laughs> treatment ever. Has it, it ever gone it the reverse? Not. Has it ever gone the reverse? Where you look at the person, and you're like, fuck! I don't want this. I don't want this person. I don't want this. I don't want them touching me. As a human, this must happen. Um, yes, yes, definitely. I've had somebody where I'm like, Ooh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, before we wrap up, is there any other burning things you guys want to talk about tonight? I know it was supposed to be an unprofessional hour, and it went every which way, but this was good. This we talked about the real up, life experiences, and yeah, catching up with not students anymore. Thanks for hanging. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Right on. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists and a Microphone. Peace.